Robots Radio presents Rated M for Mature. Speaking of debuts, welcome everybody to the DL Weekly Gaming News. It's a good thing nothing before this is going to be included. Yeah, let's. Okay, I was going to say if you want to include all that debauchery, Brenna, do you, do you see my face right now? None of that's getting included. <laughs> good, fantastic. We I'm, should do a caller, Daddy. Oh. <laughs> my name is Jameson, and my name is Brenna. My name is Brenna. A couple of announcements before we get started. We have a Halloween episode coming out this week at 5 p.m. on Wednesday, October 30th. Listen to it on our network and not everyone else's. Tuesday. We're we're better. Wait, Wednesday. 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 God. Our Discord is open. You may DM me for an invite. We are really popping. That was a heart pee. My mic's not yeah, like probably. That. Yeah, I was angry. And stay tuned to the end of the episode for a special interview slash discussion that I had with Sebastian, host of the Hidden Pixels podcast and the Outer Worlds show about the Outer Worlds release. And with that, Ubisoft is having a little bit of a crisis right now. Uh, their CEO has admitted they blew it with Ghost Recon Breakpoint. I feel like blew it is hard, like harsh. It's 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 a game. It's playable. There's the the things that they said that were going to be in there are in there. Are they as epic as they promised they would be? No, but yeah, I think it was just I think it was one of those things where it was like, you know, you you're cooking some bread or something in the oven. You just pulled it out a little too early. Just a little underdone. Throw that bitch back in there. And it it up again. um, For the love of God. You're so in love with that. I think it needed a little bit more than just some reheating. Yeah, it needed to be baked a little bit more. You need to be baked a little bit more. I know I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it needed to, They really hyped it up and said it was going to be vastly better than Wildlands, and I don't know that it is. Yeah, so I think it fell. I think it fell a little short. Uh, for the hype that they put it out not that it's not a great like a fun game to play it is a fun game to play it's just not what they were promising it it had the same launch as wildlands wildlands was at an absolutely terrible launch and the only reason wildlands got to where it was because of the attention they gave it over the years so they'll just have to do that with breakpoint and then in the future they'll just have to more time I feel like this is a common thing with Ubisoft. It is. It is very much. Ubisoft gets caught up in their success and then they rush to deliver another product and then it underperforms. And then they're like, oh, fuck, we can't do that again. And then they take like forever to develop something and it comes out and it's amazing. And then they get caught up in their success and deliver another one and then it performs. It's just a cycle. They've done it many years. Assassin's well, and Creed they just stuff. keep fixing games that have been released and that are underdone. Yeah, but all their games have been in fixable states. They just, they haven't been, none of them have been irreparable. Yeah. So, but you think they'd figured that out by now. 
I nope. still I still understand people's complaints with microtransactions in that game. There's like none. Yeah, I don't know. Either way. People complain a lot about it. But uh, with the underperformance or the below expectation launch of Breakpoint and Ghost Recon 2 and not having uh, Assassin's Creed, uh, Watch Dogs, or Far Cry come out this year, their projected earnings are uh, pretty abysmal. So watch for the stock market pretty soon. I bet you they're not be publicly traded. They're not publicly traded. Are trade. they not? No, I don't think they are. Let's see. Interesting. I could have sworn, but I was going to say that would be a good time to watch and start buying stuff because they're going to make something good again. I guarantee you. But especially since you know, uh, quarantine is coming out soon. Hopefully, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, they're I was not looking on, on your end. They're not on our markets. I'm trying, I don't even know what market this is that they're traded on. OCT markets? Either way. I don't know what that means. Jamie, you're getting stuck in something. Oh, I'm, super, out, fo son. I'm super focused pull now. Pull out, son. No, oh. you got it. Your pullout game is weak. This is weak, son. Come on. I'm challenging you now. We're in. We're too deep. Nope. Never too deep. We're past, uh, oh, what, what's the, I was going to stick with the, the military jokes. There's a, there's a military term for when you get past the point of no return. It's like a little, it's like a code word. Fuck. We're, now we're going real oh, off yeah. topic. Oh yeah. Uh, so we, we're now into military terms. Yep. I got it though. Hold on. Do you though? I don't think you do. You're no, falling it's, flat, it's not, sir. It's not You're falling I, flat, sir. Not what I was looking for. Anyway, so with that uh, expected, with the lower expectations, uh, Ubisoft has decided to push back the release dates of Gods and Monsters, Rainbow Six Quarantine, and Watch Dogs, Watch Dogs Legion to next fiscal year, which means uh, past April. So that's a little unfortunate. Epic Games is suing the Fortnite leaker. Ooh, oh, apparently he's a tester. Yeah, he was a tester and actually leaked quite a bit of stuff. Um, oh, some photos. That's understandable. He broke a non-disclosure agreement. I thought it was just a, a random leaker when I first no. skimmed through the article. And I was like, the fuck? Who cares then? No, but he's actually, he leaked um, some game mechanics. Like you're going to be able to swim and things like that. And then some photos of uh, early maps and things like that. So yeah, he done, done screwed himself on that one. It's not very smart. It's not like they can't figure out. It's not like they don't have a list it. of people who know yeah. all this about the game. Come on, man. So, Dumbass. no bashing on Epic on that one. That one's actually war. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of effort to go I through. I mean, yeah, but I wouldn't want someone to do it again and think that it's okay. He, you just let one person get away with it and everyone starts, you know. Yeah, I mean? you fire him. But they're going to spend more money on that lawsuit than they're going to get from him. It's the principle. You know, it's also... uh 
I don't know where I was going with that. Transition. Yeah, worse money, something about being made 20. Uh, was it WWE? WWE 2K20 is a joke and a half. Mother of God, is this absolutely terrible? It's so trash. And like, there's a clip of the entirety of the ring and all of the characters just vibrating for no reason. Did you, you watch, you watched a little bit of it, right? Yeah, I watched some of it. Like, it's a hot, glitchy mess. Like, the graphics look worse than, like, the WWE games from, like, three or four years ago. It's just... And I don't understand how they could look at this and say, yeah, that's good to go. Yeah, like, what happened? Like, 2K19 looks amazing when they do the side-by-side comparisons. And then 2K20 looks like I'm playing on, like, the PS2. No, that's giving too much credit. That's like, I don't know what this is. And, like, the the hair mechanics, are like, they just do as they please, even though they're just standing there. They're flickering all over the place. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it is just... It's gross. If you want a good laugh, there's this, like, other character that looks like Justin Bieber. It's interesting. It's really something the part that disappointed me though was is now ghost recon breakpoint was given a four out of ten on its review by ign wwe 2k20 got a four out of ten that's not even close no like if a four is like that those are in completely different league yeah like yeah I would have not given Ghost Recon Breakpoint that low of a rating because the game. I would have given it a six and a half or a seven, maybe. Six. I wouldn't have gone higher than a six. I wouldn't okay. have gone lower than the six, though, because the game is still there. It's still playable. It's still a lot of fun. It just needs to be better, more polished. And it looks good. And the, there's it like. It looks so good. It looks good. And there's some cool stuff in there. And it's got a storyline and it's not glitchy it's just a little lackluster that on the same level as wwe 2k20 is offensive yeah actually i I am from a completely objective standpoint that is offensive i agree wholeheartedly i mean when you're when your one word title for your review is bad god terrible and so with that, uh, Sony is granting refunds to anybody who wants them for WWE 2K20. It's that freaking bad that Sony's just like, yeah, you can have your money back. I really don't know how that game got made. I don't know how. Yeah, it went through production like it had to go through people, right? Someone had to make trailers like I don't How? Everyone saw this and said, yeah, we're good to go. I don't know. Just like I don't know how Bethesda signed off on a agreement for a Fallout 76 uh, membership program. And uh, to join this membership for a game that you have to purchase, going to run you uh, $12.99 for a monthly membership or $100 for a year membership called Fallout First. And with this membership, you get your own private server that you can invite up to seven of your friends. Only seven people can be in this. 
which is silly because that's like nothing especially for how big the world is yeah yeah and like i'm pretty sure there's more players than that in the regular fallout worlds the fallout 76 worlds multiplayer worlds and they give you a cosmetic uniform that's like kind of cool and then they give you some paid currency every month to buy stuff this is just an all over bad because i mean i don't know what the concurrent numbers are for fallout but i know it's not great yeah when your game's not that good you just need to give the people this stuff for free to be yeah, completely agreed. honest so they can just go and do it and then maybe you'll have something but no who's gonna pay maybe hardcore fans hardcore fans yeah um it's just but uh of course being it's it's bethesda, not even working properly though yeah being bethesda it's not even working um the worlds are not invite only so apparently anyone can join them and the scrap box contents, which I guess is like the storage system for the world, are disappearing. <laughs> so basically, people are spending this money and getting nothing of what they paid for. It, uh, come on now, if you're going to... There's nothing... I don't even need to say anything. It's already... Bad. Yeah. All that failure is already all right there. It's bad. And so Forbes wrote, a, uh, wrote an article talking about it how like you know gaming companies are trying to heal the wounds from their terrible games and then they go and pull this kind of stunt where it's like here here's some paid content for a game that you know we offended you all with it's like give us more money so we can give you something that's broken again yeah it'd be it literally be like a doctor being like all right here this is gonna this will make you feel better and then cuts you with his scalpel and is like don't worry i'll give you a discount and i'll sew that back up for you like, so stupid. Bro, you fucking cut me. Sew that Come shit on. up for free. Come on, son. And then next they'll take your liver. Heyo. The way it goes. Uh, there's been so much coming out about Jedi Fallen Order. I don't know why. It's so early. And it's, I mean, like, it was good, but it wasn't like, holy hell. I think the combat, I do think the combat is going to be really good. The lightsaber combat, because it's got that kind of Dark Souls-esque feel to it, that there'll be a lot of, like, hitbox porn. Yeah. Uh, Porn, did you just say? Yeah, have you not heard of hitbox porn? No. You gotta go look it up. It's just, it's mostly just a massive complication of Dark Souls, uh, like, videos, and they'll slow them down. And it's just, honestly, the programming behind dark souls is unbelievable because for example a player one player will be or a boss will be in the middle of a swing and the other player will be in the middle of some sort of attack and the attack will like go over the blade won't hit the player and the it's i'm going to show you this afterwards it's just frankly impressive programming uh and that's honestly what has built dark souls is that really grounded solid combat and that's what people are really talking about with uh, Fallen Order is that these these lightsaber battles, they will feel very grounded. Like they what people are saying is they did a good job of balancing the powerfulness of a lightsaber, but while still giving you a game where it's giving you thoughtful combat, like I still have to think and plan out my moves, even though if I attack a stormtrooper, you know, I can kill him once because I'm cutting him, you know, through. So, 
there is that. And more Star Wars. More Star Wars. Never can have enough Star Wars. Uh, Ian McGregor has come out saying that the don't you fucking recline, sit your ass back up. Bitch, make me. She's all sassy now because she saw me over the weekend. Thinks she can do whatever she wants. I can always do whatever I want, son. Um, he shared that uh, he couldn't tell anything anyone about the series, obviously. But it will be six episodes. Each episode will be an hour long, which is a little underwhelming. But I will live with it. You wanted much more? Not like yes. there isn't a ton already? I wanted 10 episodes. I want to know Picky, how... They're oh. ne- y'all fuckers are never happy. 10 such a nice whole number. Six is even. No. It's the devil's number. That's three sixes. It's the devil's number. No. Shroud has moved to Mixer join ninja i'm okay so i'm okay with another streaming service that isn't twitch because twitch is very interesting to say the least especially with all the stuff um their limitations and things they're choosing to do recently so i'm okay with you know a whole new platform coming up i just don't know about mixer apparently it's good i don't know i hate ninja like well, we're going to be we're going to be joining Mixer soon, so we'll see how well we like it. Buckle up. Did you like that little pop I did when I said buckle? Yeah. Buckle. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Shroud was a Counter-Strike streamer before becoming a professional Cloud9 player, and after a short career, he moved back to streaming full-time and just plays shooters. He's a pretty chill dude. I enjoy watching his streams. Uh, he's really good. Really good. And very pretty much immediately following him, another streamer named King Goliath. Goliathon. Gothalian? Do you know how to say that name? I, uh, uh, It looks like uh, Gothalian. Yeah, I would say so. He kind of looks like that too. He does. The Hawaiian shirts are a weird, a weird some touch. Some people really like it. Or streaming too is very. No, no. I mean, like some women really find the Hawaiian shirts attractive. Don't get me. I don't know. We need to talk about this later when we're not recording. I'll ta- yeah, we'll talk about this later. Maybe I've been living my life wrong. Don't, don't start. You can't. Oh God. <laughs> maybe that. Maybe then now I do need to wear Hawaiian shirts around you. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on for that. Uh, I've never heard of him, but he's has over a million followers. So it seems, I think it's just going to be the trend. Just going to be more and more people moving every day, every week. I mean, it makes sense. Um, there's not a lot of big names yet on, oh, I guess there is a few, but not as much as Twitch. So there's more room to grow. I mean, the, I think the biggest name before that maybe had like 10,000 viewers. And so, you know, whereas Twitch, the big names have, you know, tens of thousands of viewers, sometimes hundreds of thousands of viewers when they stream. So we'll see. We'll see. 
Mixer might just end up becoming a revamped version of Twitch. Let's hope so. Let's try and do it better than Twitch so it's not yeah. nasty. Give people that are lower the opportunity to rise. Give them, you know, don't get... The problem with Twitch is everyone is hidden by all the popular streamers. No one gets any attention. So You know who's getting a lot of attention? Not you. That gorgeous, gorgeous Colonel Sanders. God. That drawing so of him is just... Handsome. Seriously. Like, Chiseled jaw, perfect goatee, that that mustache. Honestly, they just need mustache. to replace all the, the KFC commercials with the anime. They, I really wish that they would do some sort of alluding to it. Not even alluding to it. I just, I want the anime to be all of the commercials. Just more Colonel Sanders. <sighs> hmm. Interesting. And the gray eyes, I'm digging it all. Oh, you looked really deep in there, didn't you? Look deep in the eyes. Uh, of which I still need to play. It, yes. But uh, it dominated the Steam charts um, for, for September. Se September as one of the top selling re-releases of the month. And one of the top selling or slash played games. Pretty surprising. But not really. No, not at all. In the world of Animu. Netflix is making a Ghost in the Shell anime, and it looks disgusting. Yeah, everyone's pretty pissed. I'm not I think my, my favorite uh, comment on this was, why does it look like a cutscene from a mobile game? <laughs> Accurate. Uh, I am not a fan at all of CG anime. Um, I like the more hand-drawn style. And this is just, it does, that's the best description ever, to be completely honest. It looks like the cutscene from a mobile game. Yeah, what is, um, that robots thing, what is the one that we watched, the short series that was like animes? Love, Death, and Robots. That was that an was good. And that one, and that one had so many different mediums in there. Like, there was so many different. Every art, yeah. So many different styles. I really really enjoyed that so if you want to see they're like 20 minute episodes they're all kind of weird but they all have a different art style so the first one is very sort of like cyberpunky but super um clear and crisp and everything's like if you watch it in 4k it's insanely beautiful and that one was cg but i could handle yeah. that because it still had that kind of hand-drawn look to it it looked this looks like everything's floating and it doesn't look like anything actually it looks like a weird borderlands looks too, like as well. that is also accurate disgusting yeah so we'll see um who knows if it goes well probably won't because everyone already hates it you know it's also disgusting google what? stadia go fuck yourself yeah google stadia more bullshit so what they promised people, what did they promise them again? Uh, that you pre-ordered, <laughs> if you pre-ordered the Founders or Premiere Edition, you get some special stuff. And uh, they are now telling people that they're not going to get it on time. Yeah, and... Uh, 
I don't understand what's going on here. That they they paid one hundred thirty dollars for a founder's edition, and they would get to play everything right away. But now, yeah, they're people, not sure when they're going to get to play. Even the people that bought like regular editions, they don't know whether either of them are going to get to play. Yeah, so it really the system launches on November nineteenth, but apparently both of these versions won't ship until that date or after, which is really weird. And why would? You, yeah, just, it's so it's it's like the the network will be released right on that that time, nine a.m. on November nineteenth. But no one's going to have anything. They're expecting that... Like, the it, kits are going to be shipped out. They're expecting the kits to arrive within two weeks of launch. So then what's the point? That's not a launch. Like, you should send all the kits out and it's then retarded. launch the program so that way there's a definitive launch and then you know everyone has everything. Or you do it the Why way that, that everyone else does it and it's delivered to you on the day of release if you pre-ordered it. Because that's the normal thing to do. I don't understand what's. I don't. Why is this so difficult? Like we're not. We're not even. Honestly, if you're if you're participating in Google Stadia, you're a fool. Yeah, you're already an idiot for this. You're a fool. You're wasting your money. It's not going to be a good system, and this just says it all. They have no idea what they're doing, and they have so little regard for their consumers. So, you're a fool. That's irritating. But this is even more irritating. I'm getting really irritated with the boxes thing. Yeah. Like, I'm getting really over this. So, another commissioner has been commissioned. Haha. That was funny. Okay. Uh, to have loot, classes, loot boxes be classified as gambling. Uh, like, I don't... It Because... People don't have a hold on their children. This is now a problem, and it wouldn't be a problem. I don't... Well, then what? Like, are we going to do, like, random vending machines? That's gambling. I don't know what I'm going to get. I could get the same thing that I got last time. Like, I... Yeah. Are we kidding me? Then we're going to go to Dave and Buster's and say, that's gambling. Come on. Where are we going to draw this line? Yeah, there's... It's it's a slip... That's the problem, is it's a slippery slope. It is a slippery slope, but one of the things they're talking about is a daily max, a maximum daily spending limit. What's the point? <laughs> they're just going to spend that much money every day then. Well, I don't, th- there's no, this is so dumb. If you want to set, if you want to put that in as like a child protective feature, I'm all for it. All right. Honestly, I think that's, that's the only way it should be done. You know, oh, like, this should be a setting. This should be a law. There should be, yeah, a uh, parental restriction setting. And so in order to access that, you have to enter in a password. Simple, done. easy, done. Get the fuck out of here. Jeez. John Wick is coming to Mortal Kombat 11. So badass. Come on. Uh, I wonder what moves they're going to have. It's a maybe. Ugh. It's going to be so good. Oh, I really hope, as much as I didn't really like Parabellum, so the third of them, I really hope that they have like a finisher move where he just like breaks someone's face open with a book. Or pencil. 
Well, her pencil's too easy. It's gonna well, yeah, be no, but you remember that was his that was his thing in the in the first and second the first movie. It's like it's like you know I heard he once killed a guy with a pencil, a fucking pencil. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> it's actually was, so easy to kill someone with a pencil, though. Oh, of course it is. It's a sharp it's object, like, and I just extremely fucking easy. It's a wooden stake. Yeah, you got a lot of soft points. Yeah. Right in your trachea, both eyeballs. I mean, honestly. All right, let's let's stop that. Uh, in addition to him, there's probably a Street Fighter character that's going to make an appearance in the game. So, could be the first of many more movie characters. They really started it with, uh, like, Jason, uh, Alien. What else? Oh, they recently added uh, Terminator. Uh, uh. The uh, uh, governor. Can't believe that human being was our governor. I would vote for him as president. I'm not gonna lie. You're an idiot. Okay. <laughs> Why? It's they're all idiots. They're all clowns. I have nothing to say to that because it's true. Trump's just the king of the fucking circus. He's just the goddamn ringmaster. Stop it. Don't give him. We're moving on from this. And everyone's so content to sit around watching the uh, in the audience. It's all you think I'm can I'm not. Can, can we move on trivia. from this before I start losing it and smashing everything? Viva la revolution. Yes. <laughs> We're going to get banned. Speaking of revolutions. Yeah. Hong Kong. Trying to take it away. Say? That was your point. That was my. Why the fuck Anytime is this my I pause, story? You're supposed to fill. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I did that on air. Yeah, you did. Cool. We don't edit these things out too, so mm-hmm. that's gonna be really in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so another person um, from this weekend's, uh, this past weekend's Magic the Gathering uh, championship was this Lee Shi Tian. I have no idea. That's what I'm going to go with. Uh, so he, he used his time to talk about protesters. Uh, he is from Hong Kong, so he was talking about everything that was going on there. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. He entered the stage with a red scarf over his face. So I guess that was more of like a, a symbol that he is supporting pro-Democrat and things like that. So it's, this is just all over the place. And I don't know. I mean, what do you think? I think I'm I think I'm okay with it. I mean, he's from Hong Kong. He's talking about something that directly affects him on the probably being a Magic the Gathering player. This is probably the only platform he has to get anything out there about. It's not like, you know, a professional sports player or something where they could be, you know, snap their fingers and have cameras outside their doors in an instant. Talk about anything at any given time. Well, I mean, and also, I don't know, uh, most video games have some sort of ties of, in companies in China, and I don't, I'm sure there's some tie to China, because there always is in Magic the Gathering, but it's probably not as prominent as... I don't think so. Wizards of the Coast is a U.S.-based company. Oh, well, then there we go. Then it looks like that this is really the only way to... I mean, the only thing I can think of is if their cards are manufactured in China, but... That's what I was saying. What isn't manufactured in China... It's also what I was saying. And where, so, you know, they could move their manufacturing anywhere else to any other country for just as cheap, the drop of a hat, because that's just the way Vietnam. the whole world works. 
Vietnam super cheap. Damn. Damn. Yeah, so in all the blizzards bannings and th- what are you doing? What was this? Nothing. This guy. Um, yeah, with Blizzard and everything that they've been doing recently with banning everyone and trying to stop all support of Hong Kong and democratic things and whatnot. Um, this is kind of nice that he was able to speak his mind. What are you doing? What? I just do it. <laughs> I just see a lot of movement. There is a lot of movement. Uh, SNL did a skit on League of Legends. And am I the only person that thinks that SNL just isn't funny? No, it's not funny anymore. Not at all. It used to be so funny. Do you remember when Justin Timberlake used to be on there a lot? Yeah. Oh my god, it's hilarious. And Will Ferrell, and when they did Sweaty Balls. Oh! Sweaty. Sweaty Balls. So good. Yeah. Uh, so they had Chance the Rapper on as their guest star. Uh, Maybe that's this why. Week. These are our guest stars No. Now. No, they, they have plenty of guest stars that are actually funny people. And it's just not funny. But uh, they did... Currently, League of Legends World Worlds is going on right now. And they did a SNL skit of a regular sports reporter being assigned to cover a esports event. And so, like, obviously, they would have no idea what's going on. And it just, it really wasn't funny at all. It's like, haha, yeah, there's, there's no, it's not a standardized sport. That's but pretty much the like, basis. It felt like, honestly, watching it, I was like, is this like 2007 or something? Like, the jokes that they were making were all so old and they were so stereotypical. It's like, oh, you know, video gamers don't go outside. They're all pasty white. It's like, oh, what's a basketball? Like, these were the kinds of jokes that they were making. Like, wow. Do they not know? You know what the best part? I, you know, Oh, my God. You know what I love about this? So, what is the who? Oh, I wish I could remember his name. But there's a very famous basketball player that has just invested millions of dollars creating his own league for video games. I know who you're talking about, and I can't place he his name either. He literally just did that because he bonded with his child over video games and he bought his own team and he we is did a, talk about that. he is a pro basketball player and honestly hilarious honestly watching this is like it it felt like one it was like jokes from like 2007 about video games when they weren't as popular and two it felt like it was written by like a 60 year old boomer that has like no idea what video games are it's like okay well first off Video games are like one of the largest up and coming things in the world. It's getting to a point where they're starting to make and have more viewers than most sporting events. So go fuck yourselves. Also, the video games are it's so everywhere. annoying because they're they're everywhere. They're much more embedded than you honestly think that they are. They're even used in learning. Like they're used in games in like schools. They're used they, it's video games are literally everywhere. Your phone. I'm sure everyone has at least one mobile game on there. Yeah. Yeah. This is just this is missed the mark so badly. Uh the only There's thing- stuff you could do, and I'm sure it would be funny, but this was just not. Yeah. Honestly, the only thing was funny was the lack of creativity the writers had and the lack of knowledge they have about video games uh and it also just 
goes to show how popular video games are becoming that more and more people are talking about them, even SNL and their weird fashion. The only thing I did laugh about was uh, when Chance the Rapper's character was trying to describe what he was watching, like, you know, explaining during League of Legends. He uh, one of the things he said was it was like watching a seizure happen, which is one hundred percent. I chuckle at that. It is so true. I mean, because that's one of the reasons I don't like to play. Because I'm like I, I might develop a disorder. It it honestly it took some getting used to. The first like six months that I played that game, I my eyes just couldn't handle what was happening on screen. And then the more you play, just like with any game, you know, you train your eyes to pick up things better so that would be a really cool study yeah yeah i really i really want to look at professional players because this is what they do they do it a lot with um soccer and stuff like that so they've done it with the cristiano ronaldo it's a really good um little video you can look it up and they look at his (coughs) retinal tracking retinal tracking jamie's coughing scarred that and so yeah they look at where his eyes go in the path of the ball and so he's like not even looking like he's like 20 steps ahead of everything and that would be really crazy to see where their eyes jump on a screen i would love to see yeah esports players compared to professional athletes and compared to i think the pinnacle of eye tracking which would be uh fighter pilots Because fighter pilots, they have some insane vision to be able to spot like a piece of metal flying past them at like 400 miles an hour. That's, you know, multiple miles away. My only my only thing is there's a bias towards video gamers. Yeah. Because the mode that it is in, it has to be on a screen, which is more. And it would be difficult. for. And anyways, this is way too deep. But yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. More. Uh. More things that you can do at the uh, what is it? Uh, what did we what did we come up with? We came up with a like sports medicine thing for video games, video gamers that you were gonna do. I wrote it down and I erased it. So you bitch. I know. I You're put supposed my to thesis. save that kind of shit. I put my thesis up instead. You're supposed to save that kind of shit. Son of a beasting. It's in an old episode. We'll have to go find it. Yeah, we will. Someone find it for me and tweet it to me. <laughs> please go my minions i really wish we had that big of a following that i could be like fuck someone find it for me and then people just do that people do do that on the big streams uh one of the big things we're gonna talk about is delays so many delays going on right now uh last of us 2 announced uh they are delaying their game into later into even maybe next fiscal year so late spring which Honestly, that means someone fucked up because they just had their announcement like two and a half weeks ago where their whole point of the announcement was to announce their release date and then they delay it like. And for a while. Yeah. So like what is someone fucked up there? Something went down. Who knows? I mean, I'm sure it'll come out eventually. Yeah, but I'm okay with it because I want a good game. And, and they then, know if they mess it up. Yeah, and then as we stated before. Or, or they don't want it to release in the wake of Death Stranding or Cyberpunk. Okay, so see, the problem with that 
is before they were between Death Stranding and Cyberpunk. Now it looks like their release date is going to be almost exactly when Cyberpunk releases, if not after. After would be better, though. <sighs> after would be better. It's either way, it's going to be tough. Honestly, yeah. the time they re- were releasing before February was good. That was three months after Death Stranding and three months before Cyberpunk. It was the perfect time frame. We can hear the crinkling. I really hope so. Ugly. I can see that. They're chamoy sour belts. It's delicious. They're so good. <laughs> so good. Uh, in addition to that, as we mentioned before, numerous and on previous episodes, well, numerous games lately have been delaying. Watch Dogs 2, Gods and Monsters, Rainbow Six Quarantine, Doom Eternal, Ghost of Tsushima, and so many more. Which is really tough because companies now have gotten into the habit of like, let's announce our game right when we're starting development. And then you're going to wait eight years for us to make the game. And then we're going to delay it. And it's like. What's the point? Seriously. Seriously. God. Did you know Cyberpunk was announced in 2013? That That was when they showed their first trailer. And Seriously, I don't remember it at all. E3 2013, they showed Cyberpunk. And then after that, for four years, dark. They had social media accounts and everything. Nothing was ever said on any of them. CD Projekt Reddit never commented about the games. Were they even working on it for all those four years? Yeah, the whole time. Dead silent. Not a single word got out about the game until... Two years ago, when they announced it, oh, they started it with yeah, and they started with Lady Gaga, and then um, yep, yep, crazy, bull- interesting, crazy. And then lastly, this week we had some new releases. Uh, Modern Warfare came out, but not for Russia. Did you did you like my title? I wrote no Russia. You know, like no Russian. That's that. I don't even. I'm not even going to give that a chuckle. That's good. It's clever. Eh. Russia's bandit, so it's not coming out. Why? I don't. I don't know. It's super random. It's not like they haven't been like. It's because Mason. Russia. It's because <laughs> Russia's the main bad guy in the game. They're always the main bad guy in every single one so of the these game, games. Most of the game takes place in like a fictional version of Syria, basically. Whereas you're playing as U.S. and global operatives fighting against terrorists in this fictional. Syria and <laughs> the Russians are also there and they're I'm pretty sure USSR has been in every freaking game. This is current Russia, Federation Russia. And they're dropping gas and carpet bombing civilians and executing civilians and this so is a very heavy life? This is yeah, true. This is a very heavy hitting game, I have to say. Reviews best Call of Duty in the last 6 years. Uh That's not a hard mark to hit. They're putting it they're putting it up there with Modern Warfare 2. This is this is ranking up there. So what it's the best call reviews are basically saying best Call of Duty to beat. It's getting solid eights out of tens, which I think it well deserves. Um my current gameplay experience, it feels familiar. 
Like it feels like old school Call of Duty, which I like because new school Call of Duty fucking sucks. Terrible. Multiplayer is super strong. They had some sort of server issues Friday night when I was started playing. Like it was incredibly <laughs> laggy. Like, like when we were trying to play Black Ops. Like that bad. Oh wow, really? Yeah. And then Saturday it was like it, it was like a, it was like playing it during the beta again. It was just it's been super smooth ever since then. So I don't know what they had going on. Oh no, the nose crinkling. The sniffles are coming. We're good people. Just shove fingers up your nose. Oh yeah, I just all of it. Yeah, uh, the gunplay is fantastic, and the animations are so good. Honestly, very little has changed since the beta. It's just an expanded version, so you could still comment about this. Uh, it just it feels very clean, very crisp, heavy, very tactical. Now it's not as crazy run and gun. I mean, I, I don't know if I would say tactical, just because I. As tactical as Call of Duty can possibly Got get. it. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, I to- had fun. There was, I, I remember one of the games, one of the matches we had. I was in this, uh, in this room in the house, and people just one after the other, just running in like dipshits. And I just stood there with my shotgun and blew open every single one of them. There was like 13 kills I had. I was like, y'all gonna, just everyone, everyone on your team is gonna do it over and over. And- it's still Call of Duty at the end of the day. Uh, it was fun. Say, it was fun for me. I have to say the campaign really good. I like sat down. I sat down for two hours and I could not pull myself away. Like it was getting to the point where I was like, uh, I kept saying to myself, like, all right, once I finish this mission, I need to sign off. I got stuff I need to do. And I couldn't. And the main reason I think this is, is because the campaign is, one, it's gripping. And two, it's so fluid. There's no cut. There's no, uh, there's no dead time. It starts and then it goes. So it starts you off with a cutscene. Cutscene fades seamlessly into the start of a mission. Complete your mission, fades seamlessly into the next cutscene. And it's almost like playing a movie. It's just that seamlessly fluid and it's hard. And there's some there's some good thought provoking stuff in here, too. Like it's it's making you think about the current state of the world because it obviously is reflecting on Syria. So it's, you know, making you think about biological weapons, you know, being used on kids and civilians, you know, armies executing people or not treating people appropriately. Even the U.S. government, you know, not necessarily doing their part. Uh, and then just other parts just shocked me. Like one of the early missions you're playing as a British police officer, they got tipped off about an upcoming terrorist attack. So they're following the terrorists and they, the terrorists show up and they try to, you know, stop them, but they detonate their bomb. And so now there's terrorists in Piccadilly Circus, you know, shooting people. And, you know, you, your character gets thrown back and you stand up and you're all dazed and confused and you pull out your handgun and you're, you know, trying to shoot uh, the terrorists as civilians are running around. There were several times I tur- I just turned and just shot civilians just straight up because of the chaos. Like there was bullets going around and like one of the AI next to me would turn and shoot like across from me, like across in front of me. I'd be like, oh, crap. And I would just turn and fire. And it was a civilian right there, but they had killed a terrorist. He was on the ground, but the instincts were just, you know, 
my in- gut reaction was just to turn and shoot, which was very thought provoking because it made me think about that happens a lot with cops nowadays is that, you know, once something starts happening, people don't think they're just guns. Well, it's blazing. hard to, I mean, unless you're really trained in that specifically. And even then the, the, the idea to survive or the want or will to survive is so great and ingrained in our biology. It's just insane. Those instincts take over and they, they really do just take over. You don't think you're just reacting at a certain point. Yeah. It takes too much for you to think cognitively. And so your body time. just, re- yeah, it takes too much time. And that's where, that's where the real test comes in is, is can you train those reactions and that's where the biggest difference is. And most people don't have the training to control their reactions or have the proper reactions to stop themselves at certain points or to look for certain things. And that well, yeah, kind of and stuff. You, there's like there's certain stuff where people you talk about it and you think about it in a situation like this. And it never occurred to you or me at the time. But it's, you know, in a situation where there's a shootout, you know, you go to pull a weapon, say a police officer. And it's like, is this bullet going to ricochet and hit a civilian? Where is everyone placed? If it starts going off, who's going to be hit? So there's a lot of things that go into that split second sort of observing of the the whole layout. And honestly, after that first split second right there at the start of the mission, when I shot that civilian and it restarted my checkpoint, the rest of the time when I was playing through this, I was overthinking everything. I had my, you know, I didn't want to keep just starting over, but it was running through my mind like, oh, I don't want to shoot the civilians. So I was like checking fire. I was trying to wait for clean lines of sight. You know, it was it was very it was very well designed. That's that's great because we we had a whole discussion about how video games or at least some of them are attempting to be more thought provoking, like the um, what was the Rainbow Six one? The event we had the school shooting thing. But it was a school gas. gas. Yeah. And so, you know, even Call of Duty, they got a lot of, you know, shit pretty much for doing this and trying to be more political. And the idea was they're going to be worse, that it's going to make everything worse and that they're going to offend people. But I think they, they're not. I think they walked a good line. I, I still agree with that statement before about, you know, properly depicting white phosphorus. Um when they've done so well everywhere else. And then the second part of the mission was as you meet up with Captain Price during this mission, your character joins his team. You play as a couple different characters. And then later on, you've gotten intel of where the, the terrorist cell that organized the attack is holed up and their leaders hold up in London. So you suit up as part of, you know, a squad team. And so next mission, I'm exiting a van into these streets of like a London suburb. There's like a three story, you know, house. And so I'm just watching as like, I kid you not, there must have been like two dozen, you know, fully clad looking spec ops soldiers, night vision goggles. Like this is nighttime raid, like approaching this house. And I'm like thinking to myself, holy fuck, this is excessive. But that's just the reaction these days. And so. You know, everyone's setting up on different parts of the house. You go up a ladder into the kitchen window and, you know, you're moving through the house. They shut the power off. So you got your goggles on and it. They did a really good job at setting like the the tone and the feel like your your characters. They 
they really slowed down the movement in the campaign. So it does feel a little bit more tactical. More purposeful. At yes. Least. So you're going up the stairs very slowly, step by step. And you're in like a group. There's three guys in front of me. There's a couple guys behind me. Goggles are on. The lasers are all scanning the quarters and stuff. Very cool looking. And, you know, then it you get to the top of the stairs and then it's like, all right, you know, the AI head to their doors. You take your door. You're pushing open your door gently, peeking inside, you know. Uh, there might people were hiding everywhere, you know, people in bathrooms, people on floors, people under beds. Like I was like, like I was checking every corner and even there was times too, where I would shoot someone and I would hear like their character would move a little bit after they went down. I turned and I, I unloaded, just tapped again. I gave him a double tap again, confirming the kill. Just because I was that paranoid that they were going to get up or they were going to reach for reach for a gun as I was pushing through this house. And then there was one point. And I guess that so to piggyback off of that, something that is that slow and purposeful, not just that you don't want to have to go through all that time again, but it makes it seem more significant. Yes. Yes. And that's what I kind of was trying to get at with the tone is that they really you know, emphasized it. You know, there'd be times where, you know, once once the first shot was fired downstairs, when I first entered the house and I encountered a, you know, a hostile person, they picked up a, a gun. You know, and the 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 sounds and the the ragdoll physics in this game are really on another level too. So it's very realistic when you shoot someone the way their body falls and their body moves. Uh you know, and so once the first shots went off, you can hear noises upstairs. You can hear people yelling and talking and moving, and then it gets quiet, and you're just like, Phew. so you have four, four flight, four flights of stairs we had to clear. Uh, the How's first heart rate going. The first one did no problem, but there was a room that I got to where I opened the door, and there was a guy, you know, using a, a woman as a shield, and so I hit him in the head behind the woman he falls the woman screams i start to turn to leave the room but the woman turns around to the table and picks up an ak and starts to turn to shoot me and that caught me off guard i wasn't prepared for that i mean i wouldn't either and so i i turned and i gunned her down but that was like a like that was like an oh shit moment like like, I just assumed that because she was female. That was, yeah, that was, that would be assumption for me as well. She would not be hostile. But you can bet your ass. Every, every other, other woman, person from then on. They were, I, indiscriminately. Indiscriminately. And so then we get up to another floor. And a little bit of spoilers here, obviously. Yeah, a little bit. Get to it up to another floor. First guy walks past the door. Second guy steps up to the door. Shotgun blast just blows through the door. Killing the guy in front of me. So I turn and I empty my mag through the door. And then so there's parts of the door missing. So I toss in two flashbangs. And it took me six tries. To. Get past this part. So when I push through the door. There's a guy standing in the center of the room. That shot through. The doorway. And then there was another door to the right. 
So when I enter the room and then there, there's the rest of the room over here. So when I enter the room, I would see guy here, rest of the room clear, gun, kill, turn, doorway. And I would empty my mag through the doorway because I, but after a certain point, I knew there was a guy in there. But at first he killed me first because I went to approach the door to open and then he shot me through the door, which is a very much a, it happens. Uh, but then after that, I kept getting killed, even though I was killing this guy, just shooting him through the door because I knew he was there. And what I figured out was there was a little cutout in the room behind me that I couldn't see. And there was a guy hiding back there. And once I stepped into the room, he would poke his head out and shoot me. So it took me a few tries to get it. But then I finally got all three of them. But it was very I had to be very fast to get them all before one of them got me. Crazy, though, it was. Uh, very, very, some of the missions in this game have been very interesting. Well, that was much longer of an explanation than I thought was going to happen. Oh, yeah, this is a long episode. Uh, we still have the. So that's Call of Duty has been fantastic. I haven't finished the campaign yet. I can't wait to finish it. Uh, and if it keeps going the way it is right now. You know, there's still some stupid Call of Duty moments in there. Like you're helping these, you know, quote, Syrian rebels attack a Russian held Air Force base and you're flying RC drones that are carrying C4. And just every like 30 seconds, one of the your co-op AI is like, hey, RC drones ready for you. And it's like, oh. <laughs> you know, it was, so there's certain moments where it's like, oh, this is Call of Duty. But then there's other moments where it's really like, oh, man, you know. Uh, so yeah, those are my thoughts. And uh, talking about the Outer Worlds launch with me this week, we have a special guest and host of the Hidden Pixels podcast and the Outer Worlds show, both of which are on the Robots Radio Network, uh, Sebastian Nazaro. Welcome, Sebastian, to uh, the DL. It's about time we finally had you on the show. It's been a uh, bit a while. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, James. Jameson. Uh, it's been <laughs> it's been a while. It has been a while. We've been meaning to meet up uh, for a long time. Yeah, we and, keep uh, talking about it, but never, never could make it work. No, but look at this. Fate has aligned. The stars have aligned. Everything has worked out this week. So we're here. Yeah, we're here, and we're talking Outer Worlds today. Uh, yes, we so are. Outer Worlds came out on PC, Xbox, PlayStation 4, everywhere on Thursday. It's made by Obsidian, the former developers of, what is it, Fallout New Vegas and Fallout 3? Uh, Fallout New Vegas, Fallout, and the uh, creative leads are Fallout 1 and 2. They also did Fallout 1 and 2. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. So we're going to talk about all things Outer Worlds. We got a couple articles uh, about the game this week. And then we'll talk about some reviews and then we'll hear uh, your experiences so far. That sounds great. Let's get into it. So first off, we have a little bit of a complaint from people, uh, which is never a good thing, but it should <laughs> be an easy fix. Uh, a lot of people are bothered by how small the subtitle text is in the game. Have you noticed any of this at all? Yeah, yeah, actually, it's one of the like the the few things there are a few things that I've I've seen with the game that are kind of flaws or kind of drawbacks. Um, nothing like too major. They're all kind of things like this, like the subtext 
is really small. I play on a, I think, 52-inch TV. I'm not mm-hmm. that far away, maybe 10 feet away. And I am squinting trying to see what the the subtitles are saying or the menus I are bet. actually the worst bit. I'm looking at screenshots of it, and I'm like squinting on my computer, and I'm sitting like a foot away. Yeah. My wife actually walked by. She's not a gamer, but she walked by while I was playing it, and she's like, how are you even reading that? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, do you even know what that says? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hopefully that's a that should be a very super easy fix. But I'm surprised they don't. Most games usually nowadays with all the uh, shift towards accessibility, you know, mm-hmm. they usually give you colorblind modes or different sizes of subtitle options and all sorts of things like that to allow, you know, gamers with, you know, disabilities or just people mm-hmm. who just maybe don't have as good of eyesight or, you know, things like that to... Be, you know, be able to read and see and enjoy their game better. So I'm a little surprised that they don't have something like that included. Yeah, you hope that they include all of that kind of stuff in one patch, uh, make the size bigger, the colorblind issue, all of that. It It is a pretty easy fix, you would think. I, it reminded me of a situation when The Witcher 3 came out. They had the same exact problem. Where they the did. menus, yeah, the texts were really, really small. And they ended up patching it and fixing it pretty relatively easy. So you think... A, Obsidian's not as big as CD Projekt Red, I don't think. Um, so you would think maybe they would have a little more trouble doing it, but I'm not sure. It seems like it's patchable. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see in the coming weeks how quickly they're able to get around to that. Um, and then one of the biggest controversies that has surrounded this game leading up to his release uh, on PC is, of course, the Epic Store exclusivity deal, mm-hmm. which uh, upset a lot of people and... They have similarly voiced their concerns and Obsidian's response to the concern is it's not a Epic Store exclusive because you can get it on the Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like, is that really an answer? <laughs> it, it really isn't to me. That's like, you know, the Xbox Game Pass is Xbox. You know, it's sure I can access it on my PC. Mm-hmm. But it is really for my Xbox and I have to, you know, have a separate, you know, launcher thing on my Windows computer and, you know, you have to right. have an app and you have to have an Xbox account. So it's not really like to yeah, me, it doesn't, it, it doesn't feel like a true, you know, PC release, I guess. It's not it's not um, I guess that you you can get around saying that it's an exclusive to Epic, but it's still limited and it won't come to Steam until next year which is, I think, the big, people's biggest worry with it. Um, and and that, it's a shame. It's a shame that, that they limited it. I actually heard that it might be, if there were rumors already that if this game does have a sequel, um, that sequel will be a Microsoft exclusive. Interesting. Uh, so those, those rumors came out in about August. Um, obviously, there's no sequel announced, no sequel plan. The game just came out. But it's funny that those rumors are already coming out about exclusivity. Because Xbox, well, what kind of exclusives do they have? They have Halo, they have Gears of War, they have Forza. Mm-hmm. But besides those, um, you're stacked up against God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, Uncharted with the PlayStation lineup. So yeah. I guess it makes sense when you have what looks like it could be a hit of a series um, to make it exclusive. But it's it's still a shame. Like, why are they building these walls for us? <laughs> yeah, not to we, I don't want to digress too much off topic to talk about, you know, exclusivity and consoles and whatnot. But it's fair mm-hmm. to say that uh, PlayStation is definitely dominating the 
console market and Xbox. It seems like Xbox and Microsoft have kind of noticed that and they're starting to make these, you know, these shifts with the Game Pass and Mm -hmm. uh, really pushing PC. And so the concept of a Microsoft exclusive doesn't bother me too much because (laughs) uh, I know I'm going to get it on PC Mm -hmm. and Microsoft is working towards growing their PC presence. I mean, like you said, Gears of War 5 is a Microsoft exclusive, yet it's available on Steam. Right. Right. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future if uh, if they do make a sequel. But so far, it seems a little bit like a cop out from Epic's. And I feel like. You know, again, gaming, you know, everyone should be able to enjoy the game. We don't need to box it onto one system or one specific launcher within a system. Mm -hmm. And uh, speaking of sequels, there has. Oh, God. Oof. I had a video almost play on my article a couple times. A couple (laughs) times it gets by me and it sneaks into the recording, Uh, especially since we record when Brent and I record, we record through OBS causes oh. all sorts of all sorts of funny problems you got those fast fingers tonight got i got them and <laughs> so um yeah people are already talking already talking sequels and obsidian has even uh mentioned that they are eager to continue outer worlds and turn the rpg into a series but their biggest concern is about making the game open world Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Um, so I saw I saw a few things before release where they said, if the game's successful, we'll look into a sequel. We we have ideas. Um, it might be DLC. It might be a sequel. We're not sure. Um, but we want to keep working with this franchise or turn this into a franchise, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said that their big caveat, uh, it's the open world thing, but it's also if it needs to succeed. And so they're worried about Outer Worlds, this one succeeding and doing well critically and with sales. And it looks like critically, I'm seeing on Metacritic, I'm seeing on different reviews that it's doing well. Um, It's high 80s, it looks like, or mid 80s around everywhere. I just don't know what that means, what their definition of success is. Is that a 95? Is that 90s? Is that where it is 85 right now? I don't think uh, it's going to be just review based. I think it's also going to be, you know, sales driven. Are they going right. to have the the money to develop more? That's going to be a, the other big, big part of it, too. Um, and probably the bigger part of it, because if they didn't have sales then they can't, don't have the money to keep making these games. Um, yeah. And so it will be interesting. I mean, I'm kind of I admittedly am in a bubble when it comes to Twitter because and social media because I'm running the Outer World show and I'm following mostly people who are making the game or fans of the games. Uh, but everything I'm seeing is is positive. Every There's a lot of talk about it uh, over the weekend. That and Modern Warfare are the two big games this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems early indicators seem like it could be happening. It could lead to that. Um, it could have been a successful launch or it is a successful launch. Um, but right now we're the day after launch recording this, so it's it's hard to tell. Yeah. And then what do you think about their comment as far as uh, open world or this kind of like uh, condensed areas that they currently have? Uh, I could see it going either way. I would think with um, with a, a, a studio the size of Obsidian, I this worked. 
that I'm playing the game right now and it, it works really well. I don't think they necessarily need the open world concept to make another good game because their main focus is story and characters and decision making. Mm-hmm. And so if as long as those are that foundation is rock solid, I think they can go either way. Anything more limited than what they have right now might be an issue um, as far as limited worlds. Um, but right now, it's I'm, I'm playing through a world right now, and it takes me like to walk from one side of the map to the other on just this one area. It's taking me 15 minutes. So it's still a sizable area. It's just not the huge Fallout 4, Witcher yeah. 3 world we're used to in this day and age. Yeah, and it definitely seems like open worlds kind of becoming more and more of a standard with a lot of these games. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, it's always comes down to can the studios effectively deliver on said open world, populate it, fill it, make it feel, you know, uh, real. Whereas, right. uh, you know, some some games have failed to do that and you're walking around and it's like, man, this is, you know, this is empty. I don't feel like I'm in the game anymore, you know, mm-hmm. really takes you out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think there was a quote before it was released where somebody asked them about um, the, the size of the worlds and questioning why it's not open world. They say it's not the width here. It's about the depth. So you can have a world that's not that big end to end. But I mean, if you're cramming it full of data pads and terminals and lore and enemies and things to do, I mean, you're still going to be putting in 40 hours, 50 hours into this game just mm-hmm. because there's so much going on in that confined space. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely I definitely will put a more of an emphasis on story rather than uh, exploration, however much I do love exploration. Yeah, those are they're, they're both high on the list for me, too. Um, but story will always. win. And then so as far as reviews go, uh, like you said, most people, it's coming in at pretty, pretty solid, like upper 80s or eight out of tens, maybe mm-hmm. a few nine out of tens. Um, so far from Kotaku, uh, they've already they had the opportunity to put up in about forty hours uh, gameplay already, nice. and so their quick little things is they liked that the writing and uh, the writing is very thoughtful and the gunplay is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they dislike though is because the bar that the game sets is so high there are certain points where the writing kind of falls a little flat mm-hmm. uh, yeah go ahead <laughs> oh yeah yeah sorry uh yeah yeah i i completely agree i noticed uh pretty similar um i had a pretty similar experience uh, the writing is top notch. It's uh, hilarious. It's and it's based on the stats that you're picking, so it's really appropriate based on the character that you're building. Um, if you're a medic, you're going to be talking in medical language and be able to have those options to talk to people and that kind of those kind of terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, my character is very low intelligence, so they have a lot of dumb things they can say which are some of the funniest things I've ever seen in a video game. It's hilarious (laughs) writing. Um, But then when you get to a mission that's kind of the run of the mill, go here, shoot these guys, or go here, pick this thing up, uh, you're kind of like, wait, what? Like, that didn't resolve itself very well. And and it's very evident because those few blips are just kind of, they're they're that much more pronounced because everything around it is such a high bar. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and so Polygon, there's Polygon really did not have anything bad to say uh, in their review of the game. They, uh, to put it uh, simply, they said it was spectacular for wow. uh, the launch of this new studio. Uh, but the main reason we're here is we want to hear your thoughts, your gameplay experiences so far. So what what can you tell us about what you've seen so far and maybe give us a uh, out of 10 rating? Yeah, yeah, sure, I can. Um, so just, uh, I don't know if, if you guys talked, you guys talked a little bit on the show before, but just, uh, I guess, remind people, it's uh, Outer Worlds is like a single-player RPG. It's first-person only, which is kind of rare because when you look at it, it looks like Fallout in space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people are used to that Bethesda system where you can move out to the third person, uh, which is actually a big complaint that a lot of people have that there is no third person, um, view in this game. Um, uh, my gameplay and my experience so far has been awesome. It's been really, really good. Um, I think that the, uh, kind of breaking it down into a couple of portions, the gameplay itself, like the combat has been uh, solid. And that was my biggest worry coming in. That was a lot of people's biggest worries. People were very concerned that the combat was going to kind of fall flat and it would leave the game feeling uh, like you wanted more. Right. Because I I don't know if it's for... It's not Obsidian's um, forte. It's not their, like, the strongest thing that they do is Mm -hmm. combat shooters. Um, And... It's it's good. It's passable. I would put it on par with a Fallout 4, maybe a little lower the shooting, um, which is passable. And it's what you need in a game like this that's focused so heavily on the story and the characters. Um, I suck at shooters. I am so bad. So <laughs> I, I made a uh, my build is a melee build and a speech okay. build. Uh, so I am literally just running around with a huge hammer and just bashing dudes on the head. And it's working. It's It, <laughs> it gets done. So um, I don't see any problems too much with the combat. Um, the story has been really entertaining. Um, and it's all about the decisions and choices that you can make. So Obsidian, uh, and you, this is really evident in Fallout, Fallout New Vegas, is that they make um, they put you in a situation where there's no black and white answer. So um, just to give an example from this game, it's been in a couple of the gameplay videos, but like you go to a town and you need the you need a source of power. Mm-hmm. Um, and the town says, all right, well, we can't give you ours, but there are these deserters who left our town who suck and they're outside the city walls. Go get their power. And you can, you're like, all right, they sound like they suck. They like left everybody. So you, you go over to the deserters and they say, well, no, like the conditions in that town are horrible. Like you really can't like live there. We're being treated as slaves. So the question is, who are you going to take power from? Are you going to take it from the town who all the population don't have a say in what the conditions are, but would lose power if you took their battery or whatever it is, mm-hmm. or the deserters who gave up and left the town, but are kind of doing what you, most people would consider the morally right thing. So it's situations like that where it's like, I, it makes you think twice and you don't feel good about whatever you choose. So whose power did you steal? I stole the power from the deserters. Um, the deserters. <laughs> yeah, because so you have a companion who's with you at this point in the game 
And right before you decide whose power to take, she's from the town and gives says that she wants you to take it from the deserters because then we can maybe convince them to return to the town and maybe we can all be one happy family. And I'm like, that sounds great. You know, let's try that. And, <laughs> and it wasn't, it didn't go according to plan quite in the way, but it was still entertaining. Like it's Obsidian puts you in those positions that make it interesting decisions no matter what you're doing. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. And out of uh, out of ten, out of ten, I would give it. I would say like a, between an eight and a half and a nine, an eight seven five. Uh, I don't think it's quite a nine out of ten. It, it's it's almost there. I haven't finished yet, so that's like the ending is going to be a big part of it. For so, me. and so you were telling me before we started recording that you've already put about you got your hands on it on Thursday, uh, right when it was available, and you've already put in mm-hmm. about twenty five hours. Yeah, uh, from midnight Thursday or into Friday. Yeah. So with where you're at right now, how much more content do you feel like is ahead of you? So the developers, Obsidian was really coy when people asked how long the game was um, leading up to it. They're still kind of coy when you talk to them. They said you could finish it in like 15 hours, but most playthroughs will be probably around 40 to 45. So okay. I got a decent amount ahead of me. Um, which will be interesting because I feel like I've seen a lot. So that must mean there's a big world changing thing coming, but maybe I'm just one of the quick finishers and Hey, and, uh, <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and I'm just going to end at a 30 hour run or something like that. So it's hard to tell. I think I'm coming up to like the third act, but I'm not positive. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. pretty respectable though. I mean, uh, f- 15 hours would be, would be pretty short, I think, for a game that's, you know, wanting yeah. to be so. Yeah, well, it's single player driven. I finish it. There's really nothing else for me to do. I can go back and I can try, you know, some other builds and right. get maybe get some other interactions, but it will still feel very familiar, you know? Yeah, I, I'm planning on playing it through a bunch of times to make different choices and see how that affects the different runs. There's one big choice in the game. Um, the big the big bad of the game is the board of directors or the board. Mm-hmm. And you can choose whether to work with them or, or, or against them. And so like at least that makes two playthroughs that are pretty distinct from one another. Okay. Um, and right now I'm doing a pro board. I'm working with the board this time, the bad guys. Uh, just to see what it's like and see if it's interesting. And then I'll do more traditional run through after this. I think if you do a 15 hour run, you'd have to be pretty like deliberate as to I am trying to get this done as quick as possible. Yeah, I'm sure there's probably some decisions that you can do to kind of streamline the gameplay or if you yeah. stick to main, you know, main quests and not run around and do side quests. But who cannot do side quests? They're just honestly, they're, <laughs> that's all I've been doing. <laughs> Seriously, any of these games, like the main story, the moment I start receiving side quests, I'm just on a side quest spree and the main story takes a backseat. Like, I think Skyrim, I think I got my my character up to like level 40 or something before like I'd even done the like the third mission of the story. (laughs) I still haven't beat the main quest of Skyrim. I realized that like about a couple months ago. And I went back to do it and it bugged out on me and I couldn't beat it. But I had put like 55 hours into it and I'm like, I haven't beaten the main story of this. I thought it was like near the end. (laughs) Skyrim's another level. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Well, very cool. I'm glad that uh, the Outer Worlds is is off to a strong start. 
Uh, we'll have to follow it and see what they have in store for the future of Outer Worlds. And we'll have to see what the... I guess the the reception is like on PC with Epic. See how mm-hmm. well it does there. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd be interested in seeing the numbers um, and the sales. It's, yeah, it I'm still seems like I'm still yeah, holding out for for Control and Borderlands numbers because they aren't uh, they aren't releasing them. Wait, really? Those came out I, a while ago. I well, they they said they gave like very vague and initial numbers. But I haven't I haven't been able to find like the actual hard numbers yet. Right. That specifies epic. And doesn't just give me like PC or, you know. Right. Yeah. The console specific. You want it like browser specific or uh, launcher specific, I guess. Yeah, I want want at that point. I want the nitty gritty, but that's a little off topic. So, uh, (laughs) well, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully the numbers are and we get we get a franchise out of this um i know the the creative heads at their kind of like launch party or like kickoff during launch day were like this is your fallout they they said to the team who made it this is going to be it this is going to be your guys's fallout you're going to grow this into a huge series and it's going to be super successful so if the guy who made fallout is saying that i mean that's got to be a good sign yeah to strike gold twice like that it's, uh, yeah. it's pretty impressive yeah um, that would be crazy Anything you would like to uh, plug about yourself or your shows before we uh, wrap things up? Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Outer World show, it's a show of about everything about the Outer World. So we go into lore. We're going to go into I'm going to talk about my my playthrough and piece by piece. Um, we're going to do stuff on builds and different types of builds in the game. Um, and that comes out every Tuesday. We just released a special episode today about the launch and kind of my first impressions. So check that out. And then um, Hidden Pixels podcast was my first podcast. It's still going. Uh, every two weeks, we do a smaller gameplay or a smaller story from uh, series lore that you might have missed on your first playthrough. And what kind of like those that story from a book on the very corner of the map that you were like, <laughs> I can't get there in time. There's just so much in this game. We got you covered. We'll tell you what the story was. We'll make it entertaining. Uh, and it'll be a good time. So that one's always fun. We're, we're in the middle of like our Halloween month. So we're doing all like creepy stories as well. Yes. The, uh, the haunted pixels podcast. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's super creepy. <laughs> very, very clever. Very clever too. I did listen to the Diablo episode and I love that the lore of Diablo is, uh, really fantastic dude it is it's so deep i have never played diablo i've like seen a little bit on the periphery i didn't know too much about it started digging in for that episode i'm like this is ridiculous this is amazing stuff like it's just so much if you really want another good uh a good dive in that can also be creepy dark souls now oh that's coming up on friday (laughs) oh i will be listening then i'm excited Please do. Yeah, Dark Souls. We did Bloodborne at the beginning of the month, then Diablo, and now to Dark Souls, releasing on Halloween night to, to as the kind of the finale of Haunted Pixels. Very cool. Very cool. Well, you can find Sebastian on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I know the Outer Worlds has its own Twitter, but everything's that kind of does. under uh, Hidden Pixels on Instagram. Uh, he's yep. also got his website where you can find info about him and both shows. And then the shows are on all major platforms, correct? Uh, yeah, every streaming podcast service. So Very anywhere cool. you look. Very cool. And you can also listen to both of us. 
I believe, in the Halloween episode coming up this week, right? Yep, yep. I'm in the second episode. Part two. All right, I'm in part one. We don't cross paths, but uh, we're we're there. So we're there. Uh, that means uh, everybody needs to listen to both. Yes, <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on, sir. Making some time uh, on your Saturday. I appreciate awesome. it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, and we'll talk soon. Well, that was really good to have Sebastian on the show finally. I know we've been meaning to have him on for a while, and we just haven't been able to make it work with anybody. We have such a long guest list, Brenna, that we need to We're get through. We're just so popular. We are so popular, and we're so busy, too. Just, uh, just, just busy, busy, busy bees. Yeah, it doesn't help either that most people are on like different time zones and we yeah, everyone is at different sections of this country. So they're like four to five hours. Yeah. So uh, what's happening in gaming this week? Last week, we had WWE 2K20, The Outer Worlds and Call of Duty Modern Warfare coming up this week on the 29th, which is Tuesday. Uh, Resident Evil 5 and 6 are coming out on the Nintendo Switch and Yakuza 4 is coming out on PS4. And then the big release for this week on Halloween. What? Luigi's Mansion 3. Which looks badass. Yes, it does look like a lot of fun. Uh, and that's pretty much it for what's happening this week. Uh, any upcoming news? Uh, PC Build Part 2 will come out sometime. A couple weeks. Eventually. Uh, Hopefully. You're, yeah, you're getting two bonus episodes this week with the Halloween special. So enjoy that. Um... We hoped you guys liked the Ask Us Anything last week. We had a lot of fun doing that. We got a lot of very interesting feedback about that. Some people said we were aggressive. Uh, some people hated our opinions. Good. Um, Good. Yeah, that gives you a little bit of insight into, into who we are, just a little bit. Uh, we do want to do another special uh, sort of like a dating, you know those TV shows where they do that dating game and they ask a question and then you're supposed to answer for whoever the other person is and then see how accurate you are. So we're going to put together something similar to that uh, just because we think it'd be fun and that you guys would enjoy it. But it should be in two weeks when Jamie-san over here comes over to my neck of the woods now and we can do uh, maybe even a live stream. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. I have to figure out some logistics on that. Not sure how we're going to set it all up. Um, write us a review. I'll read it online for reals. Uh, it would really help us out if you left a five-star review on Amazon, subscribe to the show. Uh, all that helps us know that you're listening. And if you wish to support On Amazon? Show, not Amazon. Uh, I, what did I say? Did I say you said Am Amazon. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, preferably Where Apple Podcasts. in the hell? I don't know. There's nothing that's on <laughs> our list here that has to do with Amazon. I don't know where that came from. Um, you can also support the show by joining our Patreon. We're running a special on there for if you join, you'll get our new exclusive t-shirt coming out in January. Very fancy stuff. Uh, along with, we're working on some new artwork and stuff. Everything you give us goes right back into funding the show. And you can do it for just as little as a dollar. And those of you that are currently supporting us, Patches Play Games, Durka and Miller, thank you very much. You can also find us on social media at DL Gaming News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. 
You can follow myself at deal underscore Jameson. And then you can follow the one and only at uh, DL underscore the goose. Mother goose. You said the goose. I said mother goose. Oh, it sounded like you said the goose. No. Son. And with that, well, good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep the goose loose. Hey there, this is Sebastian Azaro, host of the Outer World Show. Are you as hyped as I am for Obsidian's upcoming first-person RPG, The Outer Worlds? Then you should join the conversation with The Outer World Show, where we're breaking down the lore, gameplay, and latest news about Obsidian's upcoming game. The show is part of the Robots Radio Podcast Network and is available on every major podcast streaming platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and anything else you got. So let's blast off together, let's build the hype, and let's start those conversations about the outer worlds. I'm looking forward to talking to all of you about it. Thanks. The hosts at Robots Radio get a lot of questions from people who are interested in starting their own podcasts about how they can start, how they can grow their audiences, how they can create good content, even what microphone to use and what software to use, things like that. Well, we're changing things up at Robots Roundtable to talk and share about the things that we've learned, the things that work and the things that don't. We're sharing with you our actual real-world experience. How can you launch a show like the Fallout Lorecast and get as many listeners as we did early on and rock it to the top of the charts on Apple Podcasts? How do you create a show in such a crowded marketplace as it is today, as opposed to 10 years ago? We're getting together every week to share our answers with you. Just look up The Podcast Professor. A Robots Roundtable with the hosts from Robots Radio.